Hello, and welcome to Calgary Artists of America's podcast, a podcast dedicated to Calgary artists. I'm CGA's founder and your host, Megan Wimberly. I'm a working artist myself, and I know personally the level of work and commitment that goes into this business. Today, we're talking with life coach Jennifer Schweitzer about stress and burnout. We hope you find this podcast helpful and making you more productive and happy in your artistic endeavors. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you. This is Jennifer Schweitzer. She has a master's degree in social work and has been working in the social work field, primarily as a medical social worker over 15 years. In 2020, Jennifer's family had a life-altering experience when her husband experienced an unexpected cardiac arrest. This changed the trajectory of their lives and Jen's own career. Jen dove into personal development for herself and so that she could show up for her family in a way that she never had before. She took the leap to leave the security of a full-time job to pursue her certification in life coaching through Health Coach Institute this year. She also started her business, Kindfulness Coaching, where she works with professional women to eliminate burnout and manage anxiety to live happier and more fulfilled lives. Jen, thank you so much for being here and sharing your expertise with us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit about your experience as a medical social worker? Sure. Yeah. So I, as a social worker, it is a very difficult field to get into, and it's a very difficult field to feel confident in. And it was one of those pieces where I thought if I get into medical social work, if I get into this hospital setting, I'm going to be successful. And this is my measure of success. And so as a medical social worker, I worked in the hospital setting. And for most of my career, I did liver and kidney transplant patients, which is a very difficult population to work with. I did a lot of discharge planning. I helped with the selection process of those who got livers and those who got kidneys, which was insane for a new social worker coming out of school to be part of that process. I learned so much. I grew as a person, as a professional, and I was worked so hard every day and I just knew I couldn't keep doing it. And so I transitioned to a less intense clinic. And when I say less intense, you guys might smirk at this one, but I went into the breast cancer clinic. And so I worked with individuals who were diagnosed with breast cancer and going through the treatment process. So I ended my medical social work career in the breast cancer clinic. And how long were you in the separate spaces? So I was in liver transplant for probably about seven or eight years. And then I spent two years in the breast cancer clinic. Okay. And what made you want to switch to life? being a life coach. Yeah. So the hospital setting was so tough to work in. It was draining. I was like physically, emotionally just drained. You show up every day. It's extremely bureaucratic. There are a lot of rules on social work and there are people look down on the profession and it was really difficult to try and do a good job when you feel like you're not recognized and the work that you're doing isn't valued. And for me, that was really tough. Like I'm really proud of my education and my background and the work that I do. 
And so that was really tough for me. And so it became one of those things where I showed up every day. I did my job. I did it good. I wouldn't say great because I just, I wasn't engaged like I should be. And then my husband had a cardiac arrest completely unexpectedly. And during that time, I took a leave from work and the guilt and the pressure that I experienced from my job was something that I'll never, ever like wish on anybody. It was just so much. It put so much stress and strain on me. And I just thought, I just can't do this. I just can't have a job that brings me so much guilt, so much anxiety. My focus is my family right now. And it's not on my job. That is not the most important piece of me, who I am and what I do. Yeah. Wow. When did your husband have the cardiac arrest? It was June of 2020. So right after the pandemic started and he was in the hospital for a little over a month, came home and he is doing better now, but it was a a very difficult road to recovery. And I took a lot of time off of work and I remember him coming home And during the time that he was in the hospital, I did a lot for me. Like I, I had to, I was surviving. I, but these routines and the structure that I put in place for myself allowed me to just survive at that moment. And so I was digging into these personal development books and figuring out like who I was and what I was all about. And I had this, I had always thought about coaching and I didn't really know a lot about it. And so when he got out of the hospital, I just remember I'm sitting on the couch and he's looking at me and I was like, I think I want to be a life coach. And he was like, yeah, cool. Like I could see that. And so that was March of 2021 and I finished the program. So I worked as a coach throughout the program and officially completed the certification early 2022. Cool. And so what, how would you define a, a life coach? Yeah. So that's like a, such a, we all define it very differently. So for me, it's about empowering women. I, I strongly, I see so much of myself and other women and I've been there and I've done that. And I want to share my story so that I can help and support maybe another woman to move past some of that anxiety and get over some of those hurdles just to feel happier and healthier and just more present. That's what I was missing. Like I wasn't even present in my own life. I wasn't showing up. I was going through the motions and to move to a place of just loving and embracing like everything, every stressor about life and just moving through like gracefully. Like I just want to be able to support other women in finding that for themselves because it's so rewarding. Yeah. And what would you say the difference in credentialing is with a life coach versus a therapist? Yeah. As a therapist, I have a master's degree and I'm licensed through the state of New York. So it's a very difficult, I had six years of schooling and ridiculously difficult tests to take to, in order to be licensed. And so that was a very long difficult process. I'm able to diagnose and I'm able to treat and it's very different in the coaching world. And so technically as a coach, you can practice as a coach. And this is where coaching gets a bad name because you can say you're a coach and have no credentialing behind your name. You don't have to have 
liability insurance or anything like that. Whereas therapy you do. So as a coach, me specifically, I have that certification in health and life coaching. I don't have to have the ability to diagnose or treat folks. I just work with them to like where they are now and where they want to be. So moving forward, I don't dive into, let's talk about where that anxiety came from, or let's get to the root of it. That's not, that's more part of the therapy world than the coaching world. Cool. So with your focus on stress and burnout, is that something that developed after you began coaching or is that something you went into it with? I honestly, when I went into coaching, I was just like, I want to work with everybody and I want to make the world a better place. And I had no like vision of the perfect, the perfect person that I wanted to work with. And so that did develop after I started working with women and I found that I was attracting women who had similar experiences in life to me. And so that showed up in the form of anxiety and stress and burnout specifically related to work. Yeah. And you've had personally a lot of things that you've experienced that a lot of women had ex- have experienced. Do you want to mention some of those things? Sure. Yeah. So growing up, I was a, I don't even know how, I don't even know what grade a 16 year old is in high school. That's how like, I have no clue, but I was in my teenage years, I was in a really unhealthy relationship and that lasted for 10 years of my life. And it was physically and emotionally abusive. I left that relationship with very low self-esteem, very, I questioned everything. I never felt comfortable in situations. I never really found myself or who I was like everything about me was questioned. And so I worked through some of that on my own and a lot of therapy as well. (laughs) But, and then later in life, I'm in my late thirties and My husband and I have struggled to conceive. We've been through in vitro fertilization. We've gone through the process of foster care. And so I I have come across a lot of women who have experienced some of these things or struggle with some of this. And as a coach, I can really relate to what they're going through and help them to work through that. We're in the therapy world. We're very it's very difficult with self-disclosure. And so that's not something that I talk about with my therapy clients. So to, to be able to be me and show up to the coaching sessions as me, like this is raw. This is like who I am and I've gone through this. I know where you're at. I feel everything you're feeling. And to just be able to connect on that level has just been amazing for me. Awesome. Switching into directly about the stress and burnout, how would you define both of those things and how do they interact with one another? Yeah. So I think that, and I heard a lot of the women on this call say that they're entrepreneurs. And so as an entrepreneur, we, I'm going through all of this with you guys, the stress that comes up for you, are we managing that stress appropriately and effectively. And when stress builds up so much and we aren't able to manage it and we're feeling all of those emotions and we're feeling all of those things and we can't or don't know how to address it, that's when it turns into the burnout. And that's when it gets to that point of, okay, I wasn't able to manage it before. How am I going to manage it now? And then it's just like your world just comes crashing down around you because sometimes we don't have the tools or 
we have the tools, but maybe don't use them on a consistent basis. So that stress going unmanaged can really work towards the burnout phase. Do you think there's any type of stress, especially with like business? We all of us mm-hmm. on this call know what that's yeah. like. Do you think there's any sort of stress that is good stress? Yeah, I think so. Because I think that builds resilience. I think we learn from stressful situations. We can thrive in stressful situations. I think it really shows us our character. It's how we respond to that stress. That's like the biggest piece of that. Today, a short story I have today is I wasn't sure what this call was going to look like. I lost power this morning and I have been working from my parents' kitchen. And I thought, oh boy, I'm going to show up to this call. I don't even have my hair brushed. Like I don't have lighting. I'm stressing out. I don't even know where this call is going to take place. And it's just, you know what? I'm showing up as me. It is what it is. And here I go. And so yes, stress is good. It builds character, it builds resist resilience. It's just about how you manage it and how you move forward with it. So what, are there any key ways of identifying when stress is like not good or you're not dealing with it? Yeah, I think definitely if you're starting to feel some physical effects of the stress. If it's starting to build up over time, you could get like headaches, irritability, edginess. It can affect like your digestive system. It can affect weight, back pain. It can show up in those physical manifestations. And I think at that point you have to recognize, okay, something is going on. It's now affecting my body. And it's affecting me emotionally. This might be something I need to take charge of. Yeah, I know. So I kind of got chills when you said you were in a bad relationship for 10 years, because that's what I experienced. Well, actually it was 11, but 10 years of being married and not with like physical abuse or anything like that, but it was not a healthy relationship. And before I left that relationship, I was having migraines four to five times a week. And when I finally was done and on my own, I didn't have one for two months, not a single one. And it may, and it was like such an eye opener to be like, holy. And so now, like when I start getting a lot of migraines, that's the first thing I ask myself is this stress. Yeah. What is the stress? Can I change it? Or also I have some neck issues. So sometimes it's like, do I just need to do a lot more yoga? But I think learning how to notice in our own lives. And actually, so there's something called the stress continuum. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Yes. And so first responders use it a lot. And are you in red or are you in green and like noticing where you are and what are we going to do to make green choices and things like that? Yeah. I think that's so important. And in the stress management, like world, that first stopping point and it, The first stopping point is to recognize your habits and recognize what's going on. So like you said, taking that step back and just like checking in with yourself. Okay. I have a migraine. Like, where do I think this is coming from right now? And so I really think that's important. And until we recognize like our habits and what's going on for us, We aren't going to be able to take any steps forward because that's really one of the most important pieces. Yeah. So I, I feel like we can use me as a case study to some degree. So you can like talk about this, but like, I know right now as you are experiencing with starting a new business venture and 
I, for me, I get so many ideas going through my mind and I can't go to sleep. Cause I'll, I like, I had to start watching TV to go to sleep again, because otherwise I will sit there and think of all the things I need to do yeah. and to do and the ideas. And so I know, I know for a fact, I have not been sleeping nearly as well as I used to just because of that. And for me, I'm like, at this point in time, that's just the reality of the situation. There's not a lot I can do to change it unless I want to slow down the work. of American, I don't right now. And I think for me right now, it's sustainable, but like, what do you think? I also think as we both can attest to being a tenure relationship is a long time. And there's this element, I think really it can happen for men or women, but I think women are really prone to this. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to push through this. I'm going to give of myself and give of myself. And sometimes we find ourselves on the other side of that with the burnout or the caregiver fatigue or whatever it is. And we're like, how did I get here? And so at what point are you like, okay, yeah, it's okay to push to that point. Well, this is a sign you need to chill out lady. And I think that's like a super hard line that you are, that we are teetering right now because starting new businesses, if you don't hustle your butt off, not much is going to happen. And so something that I ask myself is, am I this busy because I'm trying to avoid something else or am I this busy because this is how I'm going to move my goals forward? And maybe I can recognize that this busy is temporary, which is as long as it's sustainable. If you're working 24 seven, that's obviously not sustainable. But if you're able to sustain this for a temporary period of time to move your goals forward, it's just a matter of checking in with yourself. I have expectations for myself and I set boundaries. Yes, I'm going to hustle my butt off all day long. But at eight o'clock, my phone goes off. I'm not answering any messages. Like these are boundaries that I'm setting. And when I start to see myself crossing those boundaries, that's when I have to check in with myself. Okay. Where's this coming from? What needs to change here in order for you to feel better about this? Yeah. I think I've discovered that too. After our first launch, I was like, okay, I'm taking a day off. I had not taken a day off in two months, not a single one. And after our launch, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a day off. And then I would, I couldn't because actually there was stuff I didn't expect I needed to do and my body. And I know this about myself and check in with yourselves about this too, but like I become physically sick yeah. and I just was so sick and I had no choice. I had to lay in bed for a day or two because yeah. I actually became sick. And yeah. it was like, it was almost like my body was like, you broke the promise. Like you said, exactly. tomorrow was the day off and you broke the promise. And so we're shutting this down, Yeah, getting to that. And so after that, I was like, okay, like at five, my, I set all these, your phones have such great automations, like set yeah. at five o'clock, all of my stuff turns off, except the people in my favorites. And I try to honor that. Sometimes I do yep. check it if there's a big sure. thing, Yeah, I try to honor that. And I actually finally got to where I don't get notifications at all from Instagram. Like I can see that it's there when I look at it, but it will not give a tone. It doesn't show up because I was getting so stressed and overwhelmed because those little dots are like, all those notifications are like things that you are failing at doing. And it's really not, but that's the way I think our brains, the developers make it that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to do that thing now. And so learning, no. 
the world is not going to fall apart if you don't immediately reply to a comment. In fact, I realized in this meeting, somebody asked me a question about this meeting and I think I forgot to reply and it's okay. Like people know we're human and it'll be fine. Exactly. And I think it's that pressure that we put on ourselves. It's the pressure that as entrepreneurs that we put on ourselves, that everything around us has to go as planned. But you know what? That's just not life. It's okay to wait to the morning to respond to a text or an email. As you said, the world is not going to fall apart. People can manage without us. And it's just like that recognition that I had to tell myself this at the hospital when I was taking family leave was I was having it and experiencing all this guilt. And I'm like, the hospital is not going to crumble without me. There are a lot of other people there to do it. And some people might not even notice I'm gone. So it's, it's going to be okay. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to show up every day in a certain way. And we don't have to. Yeah, I think there's a cultural component too. Like I've heard people who live in like the UK say, if you don't take your vacation time, your boss is going to be like, are you okay? Is something going on with you? Whereas in the US, it's like almost this pressure to not do that. Like you have to work every day and never be Mm -hmm. sick. And if you don't take your vacation days, then that's good. And Deb can probably you know, mm-hmm. like this, but as a teacher, you get vacation days. You feel so guilty if you take them because right. for one, you've got the summer in theory, and, and then you've got your kids and then you get so far behind. So you, even though you have that built into your schedule, most yeah. teachers, I don't think take it very often. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I do with some of the women that I'm working with, I do see a shift in the millennial era and starting to come out of that. I need to work nights and I need to work weekends. And if I don't finish this, like I'm going to come in on my day off. And that's the culture they were, that they came into the industry in. And I think that's going to slowly shift. I, my hope is that it will slowly shift, but I do see more women like setting those boundaries for themselves and having more of that balance between work and life. Yeah. Something that's, I think boundaries are so important, but sometimes they can be so hard to maintain or we feel like this necessity to explain why no is our answer. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yes, I actually do. So with the women I work with, I do an entire session around saying no and the importance of saying no to things, events, people that don't align with what it is you're looking to accomplish in your life. And that can change. That can change from month to month. However, you need to be able to say yes to the things that you need in your life. One for yourself, your family, your, your own well-being, and to move your own goals forward. And so by saying yes, but by saying no, to someone else, you're saying yes to yourself. And I think that's so important to remember is that just checking in with yourself. I have four dinner dates this week, but I have all of this work that I really wanted to get done. Where are my priorities? What right now is a priority in my life? And as an entrepreneur, I can say my priorities are I want to get some of this work done and I want to move forward on my business goals. So maybe I take some of this other stuff off my plate for this week. And so really finding that balance between what it is that's going to move you forward in your goals, in your life, and 
all that other stuff that, but if you say no this time, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah. What about when you're really busy with a lot of things, especially we have, some of us have children or have branches or things like that. And then we're also entrepreneurs and things happen. And sometimes all the things happen at once. Yep. What about that? Like when you just, everything feels equally as important and you don't have the energy and you're so stressed out. And that's such a good question because I've worked with some ladies who have said, there's nothing I can take off my schedule. Like we, we look through my weekly schedule and there's nothing I can take off. Like we have baseball practice and swimming and gymnastics and okay. Yep. That's, that's generally how a life with children looks. And so how can we one, like structure your day a little bit more efficiently so that you're not completely drained of energy. Let's look at bringing in some activities that really bring that energy up and really contribute to your energy. So that's about making time for yourself. And in your day, I know that I have this really long meeting. I'm, I have an interview with somebody, whatever that looks like. I know that this is going to be really hard. You know what? I'm going to pair it with five minute walk so that I can just step away for a moment, get balance out some of that energy because those ups and downs, that's, what's going to affect it, affect you when you come home and you don't have the energy to hang out with your kids and do all the things that come with that. So those ups and downs are really what's going to affect that energy level and really affect the way you show up for yourself and potentially your family. Yeah. I got so good at multitasking and doing like, I started out I hate doing dishes. So in the morning I would do dishes and I would listen to a podcast and I would yes. learn something, which I love, but then I'm like, oh, I need to take time for myself. And so I was listening to a podcast while I was walking because in my head, I was like, yeah. this makes this activity productive. And so I can yeah. justify doing it. And then like, when I started getting to that level of, okay, this is too much. I started realizing like that really actually takes away some of the benefit of the walking, like listening yeah. to the birds and feeling the yeah. sun and paying attention to that. And so I had to step back from that. So it's actually, and taking time for yourself is a productive task. Like it is beneficial in of itself. It's absolutely something you should schedule into your day. Even if it's just stepping away from your studio for 20 minutes for lunch or just sitting outside, taking a breather. If you're in that high stress situation, you feel yourself getting worked up. You feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much on my plate. Sometimes that just means taking 10 minutes for yourself and like just reconnecting with what it is. Okay. Let me think about this. What is it that are my priorities? What do I need to move forward today? And so it's just prioritizing what it is that we need to move forward with. Do you think there's certain people that are more prone to dealing with or being negatively affected by stress and eventually leading to burnout? Yeah, I think people pleasers, those people who are always saying yes to everything, no matter how much is on their plate. I think are very prone to burnout. Two professions that I've worked a lot with are nurses and teachers. High stress, taking care of others. It has been, especially since COVID during the pandemic, those two areas have been very highly impacted with stress and burnout. And there are two professions. Yeah. And there are two professions that people 
they are giving professions and then people have a tendency to take and take teachers read a a report one time about teachers. And if you actually averaged out the amount of time they actually spent working, they only make $3 an hour. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not a thing that's a thankless job a lot of times. Absolutely. And I think there's a really great phrase and it's called decision fatigue. And it's for those jobs that you are making decisions all day, every day, and you come home and you are just not able to make any more decisions. You are just checked out. I can't make a decision. I've had to make decisions all day. I've kept children alive in a classroom. I can't even decide what I want to eat for dinner. And so that's like that that's where, you know, that stress has built up to the point of we are now entering into burnout. We are now like moving past. We are not able to manage that stress. So what do you do? So you're noticing that you're like listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like getting there, but I really can't let anything go. Like I, at some point, are you like, okay, you got to look for a new job. Like what, what do you do when you're stuck in that situation that you're headed there, but you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is about identifying those habits that you have. And some of those things, maybe there are small tweaks in your schedule that you can make time management, organizational skills. Let's work on all of these things before we decide what's your next step. What about identifying, like, sometimes we think that we think there's nothing we can change, or we think we have to give all this Mm -hmm. to this person or whatever it is. Is there tricks for identifying, like, maybe I'm wrong about that. Like I can change something. Yeah. I think it's really getting to the root of your thoughts around the situation. So we do a lot of mindset work. And so identifying some of the positives, like what are you getting out of this or how can we make this into a more positive experience? And so it's really in therapy, it's a little bit different. We're going to talk about where that anxiety is coming from and what to do about it. But in this situation, we're going to talk about just like the fundamentals of, oh, just the fundamentals of this, the actual mindset stuff. And so really working to challenge those thoughts and challenge some of that thinking. And are they, as a coach, I can say, is this an excuse? Is this, are you saying that this can't be changed because you don't want it to be changed or what have you tried that hasn't worked? What else? Making them part of that conversation and really developing a plan to move forward. Candace says perfectionists speaking from experience. I think that is so true. Yes. Perfectionists definitely. And I think that is a form of people pleasing too. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, that was one thing. I think one thing that I really I'm so glad that I fixed my mindset on before like getting going with this is I was like progress, not perfection. And yes. it helps so much. I don't think CGA would be as far today if, as it is if I was focused on perfection and learning how to let go of that. Another thing that's so beautiful is that as we learn how to have compassion for ourselves, we find that we have more compassion for others. 
and it creates this great cycle. And then other people have more compassion for us. And when they don't, oh, and I accept that and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's doing gratitude stuff is huge for first and foremost, like identifying what it is, celebrating your own wins, no matter how small they are and identifying it, what it is that is going well for you, but also the gratitude as far as reaching out and telling somebody else that like, how many times does like a colleague come up to you and you're, they're like, you just did a really great job. And it just feels good. It feels good. And it just like, it's a practice that we don't do a lot enough of, we don't do enough of, and it makes us feel good to make somebody else feel good. And I think that brings a certain level of just joy and energy into your well-being as well. Yeah, for sure. Two things I want to mention before we open up the floor is one is a lot of the thing that keeps coming to mind as we're talking is we're moving to thriving instead of surviving. And I think a lot of times it's easy for us to get into that mode of surviving. And we think that's living and it's not, that's something very different. And we want to work towards thriving. And a phrase that has helped me a lot is what, oh man, I'm going to forget it. What serve what served me when I was just trying to survive will not serve me when I'm trying to thrive. Yeah. And it's, it helps us identify some of those things that maybe it's boundaries or like hanging on to things or not being able to say no or whatever it is. And then the other thing, and I, hopefully you will know this author's name because I cannot think of her name all of a sudden. Brene Brown mentions her all the time, but she wrote some books called that, like the dance of anger, the dance of intimacy. Have you, do you know who I'm talking about? Harriet Lerner. Harriet Lerner. Yes. If you struggle with boundaries, her books are fantastic. And I think a lot of women do struggle with boundaries. We are socialized to not have boundaries and her books are really helpful for understanding the relationship dynamic and also how we contribute to people, maybe not treating us the way we want them to treat us. And so I'd recommend those things. Is there anything before we open the floor up that you want to throw out there? Yeah, I think that just as a final thought is just kindfulness coaching comes from, it's a play on mindfulness, but it's also a play on being kind to yourself and allowing yourself not to be a perfectionist and not to be that people pleaser and to let things in and be confident and comfortable, like in your own skin. And I think that's something that I've learned with a lot of years of support. And I think that it's something that really carries you through to really manage that stress as best that you can. And so recognizing the love that you have for yourself and what that can do is so important. Yeah, for sure. And for the pod people listening to the podcast later, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So I, you can find me on Instagram at kindfulness underscore coaching or www.kindfulnesscoaching.net. I do mostly, I would say right now, 90% is individual. So I generally meet with somebody for the first time and kind of figure out and talk about what's going on for them. And then I customize a program based on the client's needs. I do have a, like a group accountability session that I just offer as like open coaching and people come on and it's just, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm doing really well with this. I need a little support around that. So primarily individualized. How much do you charge for your individual sessions? 
They are 1500 for a 12 week program. Is that once a week? Yes. So once a week, 45 minutes to an hour, customized content along with access to private accountability calls and coaching calls and trainings. Cool. Jen, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your expertise. And you all probably seen that she's going to lead a small group session for us next Thursday. And so if you want to come to that, you might think of new things, but you're welcome to come to that too. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Jen. Right. awesome. Cool. Thank Bye you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Jennifer Schweitzer of Kindfulness Coaching. If you are a CGA member, make sure to go to the members only page and check out how you can get 10% off of Jennifer's services.